theme in the uh, app about smart speakers is really interesting. I, I think so too. Um, it's uh, yes. I do. I do. I. 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 I think it's. Uh, well, ever. I. You know. I, I was one of the. I was an early adopter, for Echo. They gave me an invitation, mm -hmm. pre-release, and I. I said for sure, and I've. I've been uh, uh, an early and frequent user since then. Um, so I love the. I love the voice speaker. It's. Uh, it, it's. Uh, the thing that I love about it is, of course, that you don't have to pay attention to it. You just talk. Um, right. It has some sort of uh, uh, relationship, I think, between that and notifications and uh, and also this so-called reemergence of podcasting. I think they're all part of the same kind of uh, impulse. They are, but I do think there's a, a distinction um, th the first appeal of the speaker is not as a speaker, but as a microphone. The fact that you can express your intention to it without having to look at something or go someplace or pull something out of your pocket or sit down in front of a screen that you can just say, you know, what time is it? What's the weather? Play this, play that. Um, start a timer. It's so fluid, completely fluid. And I think that's the first appeal. Right. But I think that's also rolled up inside of, uh, you know, basically it's always on. Right. Uh, and so, you know, there are two modes. There's the mode of you saying what's, what's going on. And then there's the mode of uh, a notification arriving, which is saying uh, this is going on. Are you interested? Yes. And me personally, I have not. Uh, I've not engaged my smart speakers with notifications. I'm so far the only notifications I pay attention to are the ones that come on my Apple Watch. Uh, right. No, I'm not suggesting that this is happening yet. Uh, what I am suggesting is that uh, there's a sort of, you know, the kind of tickle uh, that you get when you're about to sneeze. That uh, I think that that there's something like that that's going on in the intersection of these uh, technologies beyond the obvious, uh, you know, uh, how smart is Siri, you know, all of the vendor positioning aside, I think that there's a, a platform canvas here that uh, that's about to break open into, uh, you know, a, a sort of a emotional relationship with content. But the, the problem with notifications on a speaker is similar to the problem with voicemail. You, you don't know what it is without listening to it. Notifications work much better on a screen where you can glance at them and quickly decode them and decide whether you want to pay attention to it or not. Um, the telephone ringing is an intrusion. It's an interruption. A lot of people who have smartphones resent when the phone rings. Oh, I, I totally agree. I mean, my daughter, uh, she just refuses to deal with uh, the telephone because she considers it uh, a violation of her control of her environment. Absolutely. It's, it's intrusive and interrupting. And uh, go away, don't bother me. But, you know, to me, the, the watch is a part of this equation because 
I, I get, you know, uh, I get notifications on my watch. They're profoundly interesting. But the problem with uh, the way Apple Watch is, for the most part, uh, uh, you know, controlled, or rather it feeds into uh, going back to the phone. And I'm not that interested in going back to the phone. I like the sort of one-stop uh, environment of, of the watch. And I think that syncs up with, you get a notification on the watch that says, oh, there's a new, uh, you know, Michael Markman. And, and you go, oh, I'd like to hear that. And you click a button and the smart speaker starts up. Well, that, that integration will be intriguing. You know, if you, get, if you can get a good summary of who or what and decide that you want to listen to it, that's fine. The question will be, you know, queuing these up. You, you may not want to listen to them right away, and then you lose it. Well, so, I mean, that's the, that's the, the model of, of what the app does. You know, maybe not as efficiently as we would all like, but, you know, basically I see a post from somebody. Uh, I see it as a notification. I've already got the information that it exists. And then I basically queue it up when I have a, a minute or uh, later when I'm trying to sort of uh, understand what what's important for the day or for the last few hours or the next week or whatever, uh, you know, then to be able to interact uh, with the audio is substantially valuable, I think. When that happens, yes. I wonder about how much of the appeal of the app comes from the fact that it's a small population at this point. So the amount well, of stuff that comes through it is is limited and easy to engage with. Well, I think there's, you know, the I agree with you. I think that the fact that it's limited uh, in one sense is uh, not necessarily a value proposition, but in a larger sense, it's limited not just by the number of people, but also... Uh, the ability or the interest in posting to it or talking on it or any of that kind of stuff. So there's a, a filter that's applied to that, which is, you know, past all of that, of those barriers, uh, you know, to uh, accessing my time. Uh, this is interesting, is a, a, a really powerful signal. Yes. I and, that, that. and that happens, uh, you know, uh, at this small population, my my belief is is that the data uh, that will come into the app over time uh, as the population grows, and I don't think it's going to grow quickly, but the over time uh, the 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 aggregate signals will move to you know different views like an activity view as opposed to a by you know date view uh, where things are rolled up by how people consume or or the social cloud of those people if they so deliver that to the general population as a, you know a permission those things will start to become more active and and continue to maintain uh, the sort of fidelity of the signal that you're talking about the, the more signal comes through the more important filters become Exactly. So, you know, Twitter may be useful to some people, useless to other people. Um, and people began developing filters for it, lists 
or uh, or trigger words or all kinds of things to try and limit the amount of signal you get from Twitter. Yeah, not only that, but uh, this brings into into play. Uh, you know, though I've been because of the ongoing the onslaught of of Trump uh, aggression. I've uh, basically I've taken to just basically leaving the sound off, uh, but the monitor on so that I can glance at it to see if something's going on that I might want to drill down on. And so it seems to me that the smart speaker is going to become a more intelligent version of the mute button. It will be. I, uh, you know, I, I think the, uh, I think we're just beginning to learn how people will use it. Mm-hmm. It's it it, it 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 a few of the things that came up through the app this morning had to do with radio, and Doc had a piece on how radio is dying but living in other formats. Mm-hmm. And I think for many people, the, the smart speaker is a radio. That's right. And uh, in some cases, in, in my case, in some it sometimes it's literally a radio. I will listen to stations from cities I used to live in that I can't access on my real radio but i can access it on uh, on my echo which i have plugged into a real radio so it looks like a radio to me yeah and in fact i think you're absolutely right it is a radio and you know that was the discussion that doc was referring to he and i had a conversation a couple of days ago that i haven't published yet that basically gets into some significant detail about I mean, Doc, you know, he's called Doc because that was his uh, handle uh, on the radio back in North Carolina in the early days. So, I mean, he's a a warehouse of uh, information about all things radio. But uh, he's also, uh, you know, understands, I think, better than most how this transition is going to begin to happen. Uh, I thought his articles were a little bit on the negative side uh, in that, you know, the things have been lost and that they're not being reclaimed. Uh, but, you know, I don't want to try and speak for him. I just, those articles that you're referring to were right. uh, basically, I think, uh, uh, as a result of him uh, musing about the conversation that we have. The, the business model of radio is lost, but a, a new business model takes its place temporarily, and then that will be supplanted by even newer business models as people figure out how to monetize audio streams mm-hmm. and and uh, and address them and target them to. I, I mean, it's the it's the age old advertising question: how do you how do you make sure that the thing you want to sell reaches the person who wants to buy it. Or the, also, or you, you know, the, the, go ahead. Sorry. No, I, I mean, it's either that or it's a subscription model. You either say these things are always of enough interest to me that I'll pay some money every time they show up. Well, every time they show up is, is the filter question. Uh, the reason that I mentioned podcasts in the, at the beginning is because I, I sense uh, the, I mean, the tool we're using right now, this anchor thing, uh, it's got a, a couple of issues in terms of onboarding. Uh, but once you get through them, I mean, you're basically 
uh, in the moment that you need to be. Uh, and then the conversation becomes uh, very uh, kind of utilitarian and pragmatic, which I find uh, easy to absorb and uh, devoid of the more obvious forms of marketing and uh, advertising that, that I think people uh, run away from in the original p version of podcasting. So there's something here that I think, uh, you know, what the business model is, if, uh, I think uh, is a jump ball. And, you know, the issue of subscriptions and bundling uh, as a solution for this, I think that interfaces with this idea of the smart radio or smart studio or smart speaker uh, phenomenon. And I think that the airplay, the earphones fall into that category as well. Yes. Uh, the, uh, I mean, well, the, the earpod is, is basically a, a uh, smart speaker that you hang on your earlobe. It, it functions the same way it, with, with a, a, an AirPod. You don't have to worry about being in the room with the device. The, the device follows you and it's small enough that you don't mind it following you. Yeah. So uh, this is, feels a lot like uh, the beginning of a, of radio as, I mean, obviously radio and podcasting in, in its early days uh, took advantage of the reclamation of drive time and exercise time and some of those things that normally you couldn't justify in terms of either work or entertainment. Obviously that's come back uh, in some cases with a vengeance. I'm not, it's not clear to me how the, uh, uh, how streaming and podcasts uh, live together, but I think that maybe this platform is where they do. And by uh, this, and what distinction you're making between streaming and podcasts? Podcasts are streams, well, aren't they? Podcasts are uh, uh, at least initially were uh, you know an RSS uh, attachment uh, uh, scheme uh, where attachments were allowed to live as part of uh, an XML uh, right protocol, and that gave you know vent to the uh, what was it called? iPod. And then that was absorbed by the iPhone. In other words, store and forward basically as a, uh, as a broadcast device. Well, it, it has, a, it, it evolved from something that you store and forward and something you download to something you stream. Now, both forms exist simultaneously. Um, some, you know, it, it, some people get their podcasts simply as streams never downloading them except for that little segment that has to be on your local device while you're listening to it. And some people download them in the way they, they used to download music in iTunes and play them back from their local storage. But, right, well, I, but I neither of those, you know, I think that is uh, besides the point in terms of use case, the, the use is I want to hear this, play it for me. You know whether it whether it is stored locally in my hand on my desk under my desk in the cloud doesn't matter. All it, I want to know is that but people people have this uh, concern uh, 
I, I mean, I, you know, with the gang, I'm constantly, uh, uh, you know, politely or not so politely requested to have an, a, an audio version of it. And I've always resisted that because I feel that there's so much value in what Tina does as the director uh, that even though I understand that people would like to absorb just the conversation without necessarily having the heavyweight aspects of what the delivery model is. I mean, it's like a 1.2 or uh, up gigabyte download, uh, you know, for the video and the audio, because I, I am trying to keep it at the level that, uh, uh, that it was recorded and produced at. But you know, let me tell you. Let me tell you something that my first and wisest radio boss, who was also my uh, last radio boss, because I was only in radio for a short period of time, he, he, he said something to me which has stuck with me more or less forever. He, he came into the studio after I had done some bit on the air, and he said, "The trouble with you, Michael, is that you think people are actually listening to you." Here's what they're doing. They're trying to find two socks that match. They're trying to pack a lunch for their kid. They're trying to tie their necktie. You're just on. Once you get that into your head, you'll do a much better show. And a lot of TV traditionally, although it had pictures, worked perfectly fine as a radio show because mm -hmm. it was just on. And people were fixing dinner. People were folding their laundry. Occasionally, they would look at the screen and occasionally... They wouldn't, but you could get at least 80% of the value of most television just from the soundtrack. When Lucy did a sight gag, you had to be watching. And lately, a lot of shows compel you to watch because beginning with Breaking Bad and now with the Americans, there are these long segments that play like Rafifi where there is no dialogue. It's all a silent movie. And if you're not watching, you'd have no idea what's going on. All you hear are sound effects and music. But a lot of, uh, you know, as wonderful as wonderful as Tina is at, at directing those shows visually, a lot of the value is the words because the faces I, are just I'm the not faces. Talking to, I'm not talking about uh, the value of the video. I'm talking about, to me, I mean, the Firestone Theater always had uh, this uh, conceit called the... Uh, their publishing company was called Four or Five Crazy Guys, and there were only four members of the group. But that fifth guy comes from the sort of alchemy of, you know, what we call, as directors, we would call it a reaction shot, you know, uh, a raised eyebrow, uh, you know, cutting uh, to somebody who has nothing to say. You know, those things uh, really inform uh in a way that uh, it's not that you don't get 80% as you suggest. It's just that it isn't a hundred percent. And no, it's not. Yeah. So, but, uh, you I, know, I have a friend who, I have a friend who always questions me when I tell him about a podcast, he says, when do you have time to listen to podcasts? And as you said earlier, it's reclaimed time. It's, it's puttering time. It's drive time. It's exercise time. It's yard work time. Um, that's where the time comes from. And you don't have the luxury of looking at a screen when you're doing something else that involves your eyes and your hands. So that's one of the reasons that I'm enjoying doing these uh, uh, things, whatever they are, uh, is because 
uh, I don't feel the, the compulsion of trying to herd uh, the various technologies that all have to conspire uh, in some sort of a version of reality and all that kind of stuff. This is a whole lot easier. But at the same time, I do think that the, these are uh, there are experiences that I think, as we talked about earlier, that are starting to come together into a into a new canvas. I, I find the first time I did this with uh, Keith Tier uh, a few weeks ago, uh, I just felt that the humor of some things that you know, I don't even necessarily understand why they're funny or who they're coming from. And I don't really, I don't think it matters to uh, quote the first lady, you know, but uh, there's something uh, that's valuable about that and, uh, that I don't feel is being sort of squelched by the need for value transmission and all the other stuff that I worry about all the time. So, you know, it's kind of like a little vacation uh, yes. with this payload associated with it, which I think we do well to get back to sometimes. But value is a very uh, loaded word. Um, there, people value different things at different levels at different times. When I say there's value, you know, I, I, not necessarily weight or monetary value. It's even if it's just something that makes you grin. Or you know, just flits through your mind. There's some. There are all kinds of values that people take out of media. Um, God knows we spend enough time and money on it. Um, but the the audio medium is is fascinating because it is at one time the most intense, concentrated attention that you can spend. And another time, it is just on. It's in the background. You're, you're barely aware. And it flits back and forth. Music, you know, music is, is music that's just part of the ambience of the room. And uh, a lot of people have music on at a party. They're not necessarily dancing to it. They're not necessarily listening to the words. But it's in the ambience. And at the same time, audio signal can be profoundly emotionally and intellectually involving it's it's a fascinating medium and i think that's one of the reasons that um, a lot of people dismissed speakers when they first came on the on the market because they failed to acknowledge the range of what can be delivered through a speaker yeah, i totally agree the as I mentioned in the app, the uh, uh, I was at Keith's house, and he, you know, he had one of those uh, HomePods, right? And uh, you know, I've been in recording studios all my life. Uh, I don't have the sophisticated understanding of uh, of the technologies that many people do, but I have, you know, I mean, there's an old habit that people get into in the in the recording studio of basically uh there are the big speakers there's you know a second set of sort of stereo speakers and then there's this little uh basically uh, i forget what the name of the particular speaker was it was about the size of my hand 
uh, that sat in the middle of the console, you know, with hundreds of thousands of dollars of technology pouring into this little $200 speaker, which right. kind of emulated the uh, car radio. Right. That was your AM car radio. Uh, That's right. You had, you, had, you had to mix so that it would sound good on the AM car radio. And, wow. and these uh, HomePods sound better than all of those things. You know, I mean, they, it's like there was a technology called the Aphex Oral Exciter, and I have no idea what it did. And I kind of liked it. It also made me feel like I was, you know, uh, had been slipped some sort of uh, illegal substance uh, in the back of my mind. And uh, there's something about the way that they've architected this particular technology that it really, really tunes you into a, a space that uh, uh, that you, you don't expect. At least that's how I reacted to it. Uh, as, I, I, I haven't heard them yet. I'm looking, I'm looking for Yeah, them. I mean, it's, it's really, really excellent. And uh, uh, I've been waiting to uh, actually have one because I was waiting for them to release the software that allowed for two stereos. I have a, you know, two of them to tie in together as a stereo system. Yes. I have the Sonos speakers uh, that uh, are quite nice, but I, I can tell you that as soon as I can justify this to uh, Tino or maybe just secretly, I'm going to go out and get these damn things. Yeah, I do have, uh, I, I do have speakers from my life that I, uh, remember and love. After a while, after a while, especially as you get older and and you lose the ability to hear the high ends, you know, I wonder how important having the great speaker is. Well, I think that, you know, I mean, obviously I, I'm experienced in that as well. And uh, uh, I think that that's part of the attraction of it is, is that it gives you back uh, some of the high end that you've lost through uh, time. And of course, yeah, I will always regret standing next to, to uh, the speakers at a Macy Gray conference uh, concert, holding my, uh, at that point, three-year-old or two-year-old, uh, and permanently lowering the the levels uh, in my left ear. <laughs> but at the time, it was fantastic. Made sense at the time. All right. Well, listen, this has uh, been uh, more than I hoped for, and well, uh, I appreciate you taking the time. I, I appreciate you uh, taking this journey through. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a fascinating future. Uh, the, the, the whole area of, uh, of audio is, is about to have a renaissance. I hope so. I think so. Okay. This has been Michael Markman and Steve Gilmore. We'll talk to you later.